Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Asia Town Voice. Asia Town Voice is an hour-long nonprofit program on WJCU's eighty-eight point seven FM radio. We are on every Sunday from seven to eight p.m. This hour-long program provides you with an inside look at the Asian Pacific Americans' community, culture, education. And events going on in Northeast Ohio. Asia Town Voice is volunteer-based, and we hope that you, the listener, will enjoy our program and give your support to WJCU. This way, we can continue to provide many voices with many choices to you. And I am here with Johnny Wu. Hello, everybody. DJ Alex Alexicon. Hi, everybody. And I am Yin Tang. And、uh, just a quick mention: Asia Town Voice is nonpartisan, and once again, we extended the interview offer to all known candidates running for council person for Ward Seven. And、uh, DJ Alexicon, would you like to introduce our first guest? Yes. Let me tell our viewers a little background about our guest. He was born in Brooklyn, New York.、Uh, went to Martin Luther King High School. Went to Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia. He has a foundation set up under his name to provide scholarships and youth programs for teens. He is a poet who's won awards, a community activist, an author, a radio show host, and、uh, I'm pretty sure he's better than us. He's <laughs>、uh, been married for six years, a dad to a four-year-old kid. He's been a member of Brotherhood, Respect, Intelligence, Conduct, and Knowledge organization, which stands for Brick. She's got two books. I'll speak for change. Subconscious anger: the face of young America. And without further ado, welcome, Mr. Bashir Jones. Ah, how you doing? Nihal. 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 And thank、yes. you for taking the time to come in today. Thank you. I, I want to. I've been married for seven years. So just in case my wife hears this, <laughs> seven years. I, seven I, years. I don't want her to think that. Seven years. <laughs> To one single person. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> yes. And I have two children. I have a daughter, five、Ooh. years old, and a son,、uh, junior. Was, yeah, we added we added one more. Added one、uh, more. So my son. Yeah, but no. But thank you so much for inviting me. It's truly a pleasure and an honor to be here. Let's get straight to the questions that、yes. I'm. I'm pretty sure our listeners are pretty curious about. So, what do you see as Asia Town's key assets? Well, well, number one, I think it's his culture.、Mm-hmm. Um. The culture is absolutely phenomenal. You can travel across this country, go to places like D.C. and Atlanta and New York, and you will see how the Asian community is flourishing. And I'm really interested. That's one of the the biggest things that I would like to support, going to support, as the next council person of of, of Ward Seven, is I would like to see it flourish to the next level.、Mm-hmm. I would really like to support the growth of the Asian community.、Um, when we look. At other places, you know, it's 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 bustling.、Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's its strength. I think its strength is its culture, and、um, I just love culture. I I, I traveled to Australia.、Mm-hmm. I was in Australia, and and I spent time in Malaysia. And to see the culture of different types of people, to see how much they love themselves, and I think that's what we're lacking、mm-hmm. in in our country. I think it's a lack of a lack of love for oneself, one's culture. We don't even know our culture. I think that's a A big issue,、uh, many times with African Americans, is that we don't know the history. We don't know our history. We don't know where we come from. So I think that that's that's a strength、mm-hmm. of the Asian community that you have a flag, that you have a language, that you know, and you and you you know where you come from. You know who your grandparents are and great grandparents are. This is a a beautiful thing, and I think that being able to spread this 
and being able to increase it. So when people are driving through Asian Town, I want them to I want them to see more than just the. I know we have like nice little dragons that are around. And that's pretty. Those the are very statues. nice. The statues. Yeah. They're really cool. I really I took a picture, an Instagram picture, uh, <laughs> right next to to one of them. But I, I would like to see a lot more. Mm-hmm. I would like to to see the the Asian Festival, which is one of the biggest festivals in in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see that flourish. I would like to see it be even bigger. Mm-hmm. So as as the next council person. I will definitely be looking forward to to supporting that, whether that's supporting financially as well as supporting with my presence and, and my family presence. I would like to be there. So those are the two things that I would really like to see. Um, I want to see more development. I would mm-hmm. like to see more buildings. I would like to see more, you know, these big signs that people are like, what, what does this mean? And so that they can have the opportunity to learn, because hmm. uh, I think that's what, what's going to bring growth for our city. To our uh, listeners, uh, if you're wondering... Uh, ward 7 is the former ward of uh, Fannie Lewis, right? Yes. Yeah, unfortunately, he passed away unexpectedly. She passed away. So, um, if you're wondering if you're affected by this ward, what does anyone know what Ward 7 consists of, the boundary of Ward 7? Asian Town is Ward 7, as you want you to know. Yeah. So, sure. if you're listening to the show and you live in Asian Town <laughs> Plaza, you are oh, affected you are by Ward, ward 7. seven. Yes. For sure. Um, but we're all of pain. Um, we are... From 55th and Chester, uh, well, actually 55th and Prospect, to 55th and um, St. Clair. Um, we are St. Clair. We're parts of St. Clair. We're Superior from Ansel to about 13th and Superior. We're, we're Chester, 55th and Chester to 105 in Chester. So we, we, we have, I'm going to tell you, Ward 7 is an amazing place. I think it's much better with all due respect to the other areas in the, mm-hmm. in the city, than any other place because of the diversity that yes. exists. Yes. The, the huge Asian community. We have a huge Latino community. We have a huge Slovenian community, community. And, of course, we have a huge African-American community. But this is what makes a community strong, mm-hmm. um, being able to have diversity and differences. So every group has their different struggles, their different situations. And particularly when it comes to the Asian community, I just want to see it grow. Mm-hmm. And, and I guarantee you, and I can promise you, that I look forward to his growth. Councilman Johnson, who uh, who originally uh, was the council person of that of that area, has has really schooled me on the development projects that he was helping support. And I'm looking to to continue to help to support them. And and being able to sit down with the Asian community and say, what is it that that you would like to see? I'm, I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert on anything. I'm not even an expert on my own self. I'm hmm. still learning about who I am. Yes, I think your wife is the expert. Yeah, I, I think she's more of an expert than <laughs> From me. From what about I hear, me. this is how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find out soon. <laughs> but you know, I, I think that that. That I want to see the Asian community flourish. Um, I want to see it. I, when we, when you, when you're going down uh, Payne Avenue or, or or you're going down Superior, um, I, I want people to know that this is where the Asian community resides. Um, and I would like to see a lot more. And and I plan to support that financially. I plan to be a voice. And I want to bring the Asian community together, figure out what the concerns are, and make sure that they're being addressed. So to our listeners, you know where now you know where Ward Seven is. So keep listening, and if you know, I'm pretty sure you know people who live in that area because this next hour will be an interesting hour because you will know and you will be educated of what the plans of the candidates for Ward Seven are. Yes, yes. So that's um that's a very good information. Thank you. And you said that uh, you felt that one of our strongest assets is the culture, and that you wish to uh, help support the culture. Yes. And, and um, do you intend to do that in a way of like supporting the arts, the Asian arts, or the businesses? All of it. All of it. All like, of it. More identity for Asia Town. Without a doubt. With awesome. all, all of it. I think 
that I, I strongly believe that mm-hmm. every place that I go, I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. So you know where Asia Town is in New York, you know? <laughs> yes, I've been there. And, and you know it, right? I've been there. I spent uh, Thanksgiving I in Chinatown. Oh, you were in Chinatown, huh? <laughs> oh, my God. 2000, no, 1991. You know, not only the culture, it's the unity as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I think those go hand in hand because when you don't really understand your culture, uh, you tend to be disunified. So, you know, when I, I went to graduate school in D.C. and in Asia town in dc they have these big beautiful beautiful signs and big beautiful dragons and things like that so i would like to see that for cleveland why can't we have that stuff in cleveland that's right and i want to support that um i want to see that i want to see the asian arts i I love to travel i look forward to going to beijing very soon i I like to see those type of things and and you know what even though i'm i'm I think I have a little Asian in me somewhere, <laughs> by the way. Somewhere down the line, I'm sure right, I do. It's there. It's, it's there. there. I know it. But, you know, other people need to see it, too. Other people need to see to learn about the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's an amazing thing. And, and I think it should be shared with the world. I really do. You're absolutely right, because in New York, if you're walking down Flushing or in Manhattan, Chinatown... There you go. It's like, and they're so open about it. They sure are. Yeah, and nobody's, they're unabashed about it. You know, everybody's having fun. They're having an experience. Whereas here, it's kind of like a journey, and we want to, we've been trying to get people to come to Asia Town more, so... Yes. This is very nice. Thank you. I look forward to it. So the next question is, if you become council person, what are the first few actions you take to address the needs of the Asian population? Well, well, number one is, you know, you can't address anything without understanding. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that I would I would do is call together a meeting, bring bring together powerful people like Johnny and That's right. uh, Johnny Wu and, uh, you know, and people Johnny like... Johnny is uh, I, a I'm lot of a power. powerful person. He, he has he's, a lot of power. I felt silent. his power when I walked in. You feel like Johnny Wu power. Yeah, very deadly. <laughs> you know, one of, one of my supporters was a, a young lady by the name of uh, Margaret Wong, mm-hmm. you know, Miss Margaret oh, yeah. Wong. You know, so I would like to bring that community together and be able to sit down and say, hey, what what is our plan? What what do we, what will we like to see for this community? You know, what will we like to see done? And, and some things have already been done with with the past uh, councilman uh, councilman Jeff Johnson, who who are doing an amazing job for the Asian community. There were some development plans that he had in place that he invested in. He put money towards, and I would like to see that continue to go. Hmm. I would like to see that continue to happen. So I would like to give resources. You know, we all. Every council person receives resources and gets funding. So I would like to allocate funding towards the Asian community, whether it's for the Asian festival uh, and also toward development. And, and I think not only that, but I would love to see how can we create the Asian community in a way that even our our Asian brothers and sisters, whether they are from whatever country, want to say, you know what, I don't want to go to New York. I don't want to <laughs> go to Atlanta D.C. I'm going to travel all the way uh, from my country and I want to live in Cleveland. And I think that this is something that we should focus on doing. And the only way that we can do that is making sure the Asian community feels safe, making sure that they're flourishing, making sure that their development, uh, the development, whether it's the arts or it's business development, I think it will be unfair to keep that beautiful culture to yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that it's imperative to share it with the world, starting with Cleveland, Ohio. Well, thank you very much. Yes. And, um, of course, this is a little bit off topic, but there's, like, some challenge because there's so many different Asian cultures, yes. and there yes. is kind of a language barrier, especially with those that are first generation. Yes. Not all of them speak English as fluently as they would probably like. Yes. Um, and that, that'll be interesting because, honestly, I'm not even sure how that would play out. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I think it starts with um, it starts with the next generation. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts with, with, with our generation, mm-hmm. um, who we tend to be 
sometimes more American mm-hmm. than than Japanese and Chinese or Malaysian or Philippine. You know, it, we tend to be more American than that. So I think it starts with that generation who haven't really lost the culture all the way, mm-hmm. um, who still can speak the language to their grandparents and to their mothers. They still speak that language. That's right. I think it starts with us. And uh, we are that next generation who can bring those people together. So there may be language barriers and there may be other barriers, but we're going to knock them down. We're going to knock them down. We're going to knock those barriers down. Believe it. Good. I'm I'm curious to see what will happen. Yeah. 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 It's going to be amazing for sure. So the last question we have, official question we have, is how will you as council person ensure that this city is a welcoming place for foreign-born newcomers, especially those from Asian countries? Yes, yes. I, I think it's important when we look at the national argument about immigration. There's a national argument that I think is very unfair because we are all immigrants. (laughs) Every person in America immigrated to America at some point in their time. The only people who didn't was the Native Americans. Everyone else, we traveled here. So I think it starts with that. Mm-hmm. I think it starts with understanding mm-hmm. that this is not just my country. You know, this mm-hmm. is our country. Mm-hmm. And I think with that understanding, we're able to move the conversation along. But we have to make sure that when people are coming here to this country, that they feel welcome. You know, people come and they don't feel welcome. You know, they're told to go back home. Mm-hmm. by people who are not from here either. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's true. You know, and, and that's just pretty unfair. So, you know, you need voices who are outside of the Asian community, mm-hmm. who understands the Asian community, and who are willing to speak up and speak out. And that and that's who I am. That's who I've always been. I've been a person to, whether you are uh, Chinese or Japanese, or whether you are Somalian or Nigerian, you know, because immigrants are not just from from uh, Middle East. You know, mm-hmm. I think when we think of immigrants, the, the national conversation has always been, you must be from Afghanistan or Iraq. You or know? from the, across the border. Oh, across the... Or, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. Or Canadian. <laughs> or Canadian. <laughs> you yes. know, that, that tends to be... But but immigrants are from, from, from a lot of different places. So I think it, it starts with voices um, who, who are not necessarily from that community who can say, hey, these people are our people. They're human beings. They deserve the right to exist mm-hmm. and, you know, standing up for, for what we believe in. So the five things that I'm focused on in my plan, we focus on our seniors. You know, our seniors are having issues and having concerns. No matter what they look like, no matter their language, no matter their religion, we have to make sure that we treat our seniors as the, as the jewels that they are. They're jewels. And they help build this country and, and every other country. And they deserve to be treated as such. The next thing is housing. Whether in uh, whether in Asian Town or whether it's down on 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 Huff or or Saint Clair, you know the abandoned homes is is truly an issue. Mm-hmm. So we want to tear down some of those abandoned homes. We want to rebuild others, and also I want to create a landlord accountability program. You have some people who own homes and they live in Hawaii somewhere, mm-hmm. and then they're on a beach somewhere while these homes are creating unsafe conditions. Um, I was endorsed by the Fraternal Order of Police. I was endorsed by the Congresswoman, Marsha Fudge. I was endorsed by the State Rep, Sandra Williams. I was endorsed by the by the Call and Post newspaper. Everyone sees that a change needs to happen. And in order for us to make that change, it must first start within. So safety is a big issue. Some of our elders, many of them, especially in Asian town, they may not they they may not be able to speak English as well. They feel unsafe at times walking mm-hmm. through neighborhoods, and you have strangers who are walking through their neighborhoods, mm-hmm. and they feel unsafe. So we have to make sure that people feel safe in their homes and outside of their homes. So safety is a third. Next two is community development and economic development. I believe building businesses 
in the Asian community is going to increase our economic power. Um, because one thing about uh, a community that understands their culture is that they support one another. They support each other. They keep the dollars in the community. That's the way to increase economic power in the community. Mm. When people are investing in the community and then those businesses are also investing in the community. That's extremely important. So those are our five things. Housing, safety, mm -hmm. economic development, community development, and our seniors. And I believe that in standing up, standing up for what we believe in, people will tell you that development is already happening. People will tell you that you know, growth is already happening. But the question you have to ask yourself is where? Where is it happening at? Mm -hmm. And if it is happening, why don't I know it? Why haven't I seen it? Where is it, where is it going on at? Mm -hmm. And why hasn't it impacted me? But I think more can happen. And the way that it happens is by us working together. And I can promise you as if our hard work pays off, which I believe it will, mm -hmm. and I'm your next councilman, that I will be ecstatic, ecstatic about working with the Asian community. And not only because in building you and uplifting your community, mm -hmm. your community is also my community. And in uplifting the Asian community, Ward 7 is uplifted. And I, and I think that once we understand that we are not different, once we understand that we are not I'm over here and you over there, but that we all have an impact on one another, then ultimately I believe that, that true growth can happen. And I just thank you all so much for inviting me here. And I truly appreciate Shen Shen. But actually, how do you say it in Tagalog? Salamat. Salamat. He's Filipino. Ah, Filipino. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was in Malaysia. I had a very, I had a Filipino friend oh, uh, when I was in Malaysia. Uh, I studied at a university there, and uh, he was a he was a he was a good guy. I really liked him. That's yeah, how so you got immersed in Asian culture. There we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So when you <laughs> were in, in Malaysia, did you have to learn uh, the language? Oh, yeah. I, I learned some Malay. And, and I, I can't remember. You know, one thing about, uh, Johnny, one thing about culture, there's certain things that can't be done in other people's culture, right? So I'm in Malaysia. I'm in a cab. <laughs> and, I, and I'm trying to go to a certain place. So the cab driver asked me, he says, which way do you want to go? And I pointed. I said this way. He said, "No, no, 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 no." <laughs> <laughs> so in the Malaysian culture, it's not good to point. Oh, yeah, really? Point. Yeah, Interesting. It's, it's, you can't point if you point. It's like no, no, no. So everybody uh, points like this. You know, they point with their fists oh, really? and they like go this way. Did, did they watch President Clinton in nineteen ninety two? I think Clinton got it from there. <laughs> I think he got yeah. his move there. Yeah. And, you know, another thing is, you know, you you shouldn't touch people on the top of their heads. Mm -hmm. They don't like that. Wow. Interesting. And I was interesting. I didn't know that. So I didn't know that. I just found it out right now. That's where your crown chakra is. Ah, you don't want to impede that anyway. See? Yeah. See? See, <laughs> in the Philippines, if you want to point something, you use your lips. You go, Ah, it's hard to describe to, wow. to folks if you have a chin? video. Yeah. No, yeah. but usually they use their lips when they yeah. when you ask people, hey, where do I go? Go right. there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everybody who's You're watching, yeah, <laughs> that's why if I talk to an Asian and he he or she does that to me, I know you for know. sure he's Filipino. Uh, check that out. <laughs> that's See a that? tip for you, uh, yeah. listeners. Oh, yeah, if someone yeah. uses their lips to point direction, hundred percent Filipino. Filipino. Yeah. <laughs> See, See, with understanding, when you understand other people's culture, um, you won't disrespect them. You know, unintentionally, you won't disrespect them. Yes, so, yes. I, I love the Asian culture. I spent I spent a whole uh, summer in Malaysia or Malaysia, as they call it, and uh, we had the chance to go to Indonesia, mm. and we had a chance to, especially after the uh, the tsunami, yeah, and we were able to go there and and help um help the people there. So it was an amazing experience, and um you know I, I truly love um the Asian community, though it may though it's very 
um, you know, just like Africa, you know, people call people Africans. You know, Africa yeah, yeah. has, you know, a ton of countries. I know. You know, <laughs> and, huge. and Asia is the same. So everybody is different. And, uh, we just had an Indonesian uh, guest last week. We did. Uh, did you? Valerie Gage. You, you should listen. Wow. I won't mind it. And actually, I, I read an article recently about how the um, if you look at a flat map of the world, it's actually inaccurate because Africa is proportioned smaller than it really is to, mm. to make everything flat. But if you look at it on a globe, by proportion, it's much larger than a lot of the other continents uh, than it's actually being shown. So, But I mean, if you look at the latitude, longitude lines, you can figure it out. But our brain doesn't process that uh, way. So. Interesting. But I do have a quick question. Yes. Um, <laughs> it says that you are education focused. Yes. And how do you see that helping Asia Town in, in general, like uh, after school programs with yes. education, like development programs? Yes. Or? You know, education is the only way to truly transform a community. We were talking about our, our Asian grandparents who... Um, who don't who who are having a hard time with English, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm sure in in the community this is already happening, but I would love to see more English classes. You know, I would love to see more of that. But those after school programs are key. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't our our young people can't learn all they need to learn mm-hmm. in 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 school. It needs to be something that's taking place after that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I definitely look forward to, to support that. Education was was what allowed me to to get out of poverty. You know, I grew mm-hmm. up in this neighborhood. This mm-hmm. is where I'm from. I, as I said, I went to MLK High School, which is right on Huff. Mm-hmm. I went to Case Elementary, which is right on Superior. I did uh, briefly, too. Did you go to Case? <laughs> I did. Did you really? Yeah, for, uh, well, I was very young. I'm, um, I'm I'm 29 now. This was, like, back in, like, preschool, kindergarten. Yeah. She, she did uh, grow up in Asia Town. Uh, did you really? Yeah. Well, interesting. Well, I'm 28. Oh, so we oh were probably there. Yeah, yeah you're the probably there at the same time. No way! Wow. That's crazy. But she was one year ahead. Oh, she, she, so year she was probably bullying right. me. Oh, well, I <laughs> don't know. <laughs> my teacher, her name was Miss Gerbach. That was my teacher's name. You don't remember your teacher's name? I think. But I was there third and fourth. I was like fourth grade when I was okay. there. So yeah. you were there from K to. I moved to Richmond Heights by then. Wow. So, yeah. Well, we have that in common. That's, wow. Case Elementary. Hilarious. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, you know, education is the key. And, um, and not just education in the sense of math and science, but for those n- next generation of young people who, whether whether they're Chinese, Japanese, Filipino, whatever, whatever they're from, th- I think that something needs to take place. And I think this is something that Asian communities should think about. But being able to teach these young people about their culture, mm-hmm. because as each generation goes by here in America, you know, and that's why it's important for us to continue to support the Asian festival and support the development here because we don't want each generation to lose the culture mm-hmm. of their of their ancestors so these type of events you know I, I'm really looking forward to seeing bigger and better events and, and not just I'm not just saying that but I'm saying that I will I would I, I look forward to putting resources behind um, behind these events as well in the development of, of Asian town well, I'm definitely looking forward to that as well. Yes. Um, we do have to wrap up, but we have one more quick question for you. That's right. What? The most important question. <laughs> Alex knows what's coming. Uh-oh. What is your favorite Asian dish? Wow. This is a good question. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, I, when I was in graduate school, it, now this may sound bad, okay? It may sound bad. <laughs> But when I was in when I was in instant noodles is not counted. They don't count. Yeah, no. noodles don't count. Noodles count. <laughs> now let me tell you. Okay, I have to tell you this. You know, I lost my my mother. My mother she passed oh. away from breast cancer three years ago. Sorry. But let me tell you, my mother absolutely loved kung. We call it kung fu flicks. That's what we call it. Mm-hmm. Okay. We absolutely love the kung fu flicks. 
We love it. Absolutely. Right. And we would go to a place called Howard China. Now, in case you don't know, I'm black. Okay. <laughs> Oh, thank you. You're welcome. You're clarified. We were confused a little bit <laughs> yeah. when you entered the room. In case you don't know, I am black. So, you know, we, we really like chicken, right? We really like chicken, as you know. But no one makes better chicken than Chinese restaurants. No one makes better chicken. <laughs> I hear I don't that. care where you I go. Agree. No one makes better chicken than Chinese restaurants. So we would always... Did, did I, they give this chicken Chinese I, I don't know what that's it is. I, I, <laughs> I just love it. So I love the chicken that's made. I also love the, bro- it's just the broccoli that's made. Mm-hmm. With a, it's a special sauce. I don't know what the name the of the sauce is. Sauce. <laughs> I don't know what the name of the sauce is, but it's, it's dark. You can actually, um, and it's something called mambo sauce. You ever mambo sauce? You ever? No. Oh, say okay. I'm, I'm throwing things at you right now. That you what don't does know the about. special sauce taste? Well, is it, it well, sweet it, a little bit? It's sweet. Hoisin. 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 Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> and I dip my broccoli in it. Yeah. Oh, man, I love it. All the, I love it's it. like so the thick, chicken right? It's very thick. Mm-hmm. The chicken, the broccoli, of yeah. course, shrimp fried Hoisin rice. Hoisin got you. You can't get it wrong with <laughs> shrimp fried rice. Um, I love the fried broccoli. Um, Try it with pork sometime. I like it with pork. Oh, you like oh, it with yeah. pork, huh? Yeah. Uh-oh, I have guy. a big bottle of hoisin oh. in my fridge. <laughs> so, Sometimes I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. I just put it whenever I cook and try to whatever comes out. Well, I'm going to tell you a secret. The most famous restaurant in the black community yeah. is the Chinese restaurant. Really? <laughs> really? You didn't know that? No. no. The most famous, well, no matter where you go, all oh, across really? the country, when black people want to eat, the first choice is the Chinese restaurant. The first choice. You have to just look around. Oh, you'll see. Just travel around and you'll see. You look into the inner city where majority of black people are. You always see. You always find Chinese Because um, one nugget I know is that Jewish people likes Chinese restaurants on December 25th. 25th because oh yeah yeah i've worked for jewish they're the only ones open so my jewish friends are getting excited getting all worked up because december i don't understand why they're getting excited and then i asked them more than 10 years ago why are you why are you excited oh we're going we're going to chinese yeah but i eat that almost yeah but it's december 25 oh that's funny that's funny man i absolutely love chinese food i absolutely love it man but that's what i grew up on grew up on Chinese food and um and and I tell you the people there were always very respectful. And you do good with Asian people, you'll be eating for free in the Chinese yeah. restaurants. That's <laughs> that's guaranteed. That's, that's how they say thank you. That's, that's how they say thank you. That's right. I look forward to it. So if you get elected councilman and you're fifty pounds heavier after six months, we know <laughs> that you're doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Oh, wow. Well, well, no, I look forward to it. We do have to wrap up. Thank you yes. once again so much, Shen Mr. Shen. Jones. Thank you, Shen Shen. Thank you. I truly appreciate it. Thank you. May God bless you all. And I, and I look forward to the forum that will, will be coming up soon. We're coming and up I, soon. And I look forward to meeting you all again. And I, and I thank you so much for, for all that you do. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you.
and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Asia Town Voice for an hour-long nonprofit program on WJCU's 88.7 FM radio. We're here to provide you with an inside look at the Asian Pacific American's community, culture, education, and important events going on in Northeast Ohio. We're volunteer-based, so we hope that you'll give your support to WJCU. This way, we can continue to provide many voices with many choices to you. And DJ Alexicon will introduce uh, Mr. TJ Dow. Our second special guest for tonight is the current incumbent Cleveland City Councilman who represents Ward 7, an area which includes the historic Huff District. Um, he is a longtime resident of Cleveland. He is very proud of the area he serves and has assisted and counseled many community and civil rights organizations. Well, for his educational background, I think Johnny, Alex, and Yin will be proud that he is also a fellow Viking. Really? Yes, he had his master's degree in public administration via Levin College of Urban Affairs, and he has a law degree via Cleveland Marshall College of Law. An undergrad alumni (laughs) of Cleveland State in 1994, uh, Computer Information Systems. And Johnny? MBA. MBA. And Yin? I am currently an MBA student as well. All right. I'm a graduate, not a student. He's a graduate. He's an <laughs> alumni. I'm, I'm, I'm younger. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, among our guests' uh, experience is he was a legislative aide for Cleveland City Council, and most recently he served as an assistant prosecuting attorney for the Cuyahoga County Prosecutor's Office. He is originally from Gary, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And I know that um, he's adopted Cleveland, Ohio as his own city. Nice. Yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> so that's intense. Working yes. Working as assistant prosecutor. Yeah, it was. It was. I, I was there for five years. And the most interesting thing is at the prosecutor's office, they have a rotation. Mm-hmm. So I started in Children Family Services. Then I moved to the juvenile unit. And then I went to the general felony unit. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times what you see is some of the same kids that were involved um, in Children Family Services ended up in the juvenile system. Mm-hmm. And either their mom or dad was caught up in the general felony unit where, mm-hmm. you know, or the grown-ups is so it's a vicious cycle that happens in our community but i got to see it firsthand um and it it makes me a better councilman today i believe too is that kind of what inspired you to run yeah i mean a lot of it and and you know the crazy thing was when i was in college i didn't know what i was going to be when i first got to college my Mm. mom filled out my college application (laughs) i'm ashamed to say (laughs) some people don't know what they want to do hey (laughs) i just knew i was going to college because mama said you're going to college (laughs) and what mama says you tj dow do that's right i'll follow and so i got to college but then i started i sat in a political science class loved it sat in a criminal justice class, loved it. And so that's where my dream started of, one, going to law school, but also a lot of the other politicians I saw that that were at a very high level had went to law school. So I wanted to do that. But I always, um, while I was in college, that the whole political thing came about. Mm -hmm. And so that was was key for me. And a lot of uh, local politicians did go to (laughs) Cleveland Marshall. Mm -hmm. You know, I I so happened to meet some of them. And always in their wall, Cleveland Marshall. Marshall College of Law. That's right. right. Go CSU. (laughs) That's right. Without a lot of leaders. But anyway, Councilman Dow, um, what do you see as Asia Town's key assets? I think the the biggest thing with Asia Town is the business district. Business? The Mm -hmm. business district. um, Because that kind of creates the community more or less, I think. And that, that's what brings folks into Asia town um, from all diverse nationalities. So I think that's the strength of it, the, the economic piece of it. Um, but also w- what comes at economic piece also brings the character of the neighborhood because some of the businesses have the architecture 
architecture of China or or wherever country they might be from. And I, I think that kind of adds a flavor and lets it know that you're in Asia town, you know, because mm-hmm. you don't want it to look like any other neighborhood. You really want to make it make it, you know, look like home more or less. So, so if you become become council person again, what are the first few actions you take to address the needs of the Asian population? One of the things I think more so than anything else is dialogue. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to come out, reach out and see what are the priorities. I was always asked, what are what are, what are the priorities in this community? And how, as council person, can I help mm-hmm. you get to wherever they need to get to? And so I think that's the, the big piece of it is looking at what your agenda is and seeing how I can help. Now, a lot of times, to me, you guys or the community sets the agenda. But I've been talking with, you know, folks like Derek Ng um, for a while that owns the uh, Richmond Brothers building. Mm-hmm. And he's had a lot of um, different folks come from um, China down here that might be potential investors up there. Hmm. I've had dialogue about, uh, I've learned a lot about all of this, the EB-5 program and potentially having him in, involved with that, with Richmond Brothers, and also with potentially, we had also talked about him having some involvement or his company having some involvement between Chester and, and Euclid. So some of it is just really just welcoming, like regardless of whom it is or a nationality, whatever ideas they have, just to have, you know, you're welcome at City Hall. We'll have dialogue and I just continue what I've been doing more or less, you know. Um, and, and sometimes it's just not about specifically finding out what Asia Town wants or what the agents wants per se, but I view him as a businessman, just like I would view anybody else as a businessman. And if he has an idea and it's a good idea councilman dow i'm going to try to help as much as i possibly can so thank you Mm -hmm. um how will you as a council person ensure that the city is a welcoming place for foreign-born newcomers especially those from asian countries i think the one thing is and what we have to do is do some outreach Mm -hmm. from what i've seen the cities that have been very active they actually send folks down to the foreign countries and say, look, this is a destination place for you. And I think the marketing piece has to be there as well and establishing relationships and looking at all the assets that when we talked about Asia town, Asia town is important because, you know, if, if someone wants to come down here and study, we got case Western reserve, we mm-hmm. got Cleveland state university, right. mm-hmm. but also the more important thing is we have Asia town right near both of those institutions. So, mm-hmm. You can feel welcome here and you might be a million miles away from home, but there is some place where you can come and get. And as we talked about, I mean, it might be some traditional um, restaurants here that mm-hmm. they could possibly get some real Asian food from. But I, right. I went to I went to China and, and it was different. It wasn't like the, the <laughs> Chinese food I ate here. Um, and, and, and it might be some spots where they can go and actually get that. But and, and I also think it's more important with the Asia town to attract people is that they know that they're going to see a friendly face, mm-hmm. someone that looks like them, mm-hmm. someone that will mentor them, someone that will watch over them. And so but they got to know about Asia Town, and that's why it's important to build Asia Town um, and also add those into our marketing and to make sure. Look, this is the place to come, Cleveland, Ohio, um, and we're also we're a friendly city, you know. So that I think that's that's a big part of it is reaching out marketing to to some of the foreign countries. So to create an identity for Cleveland's Asia Town, but to people in uh, their home countries, so perhaps like word of mouth through the uh, immigrants who already live here. Exactly. And that would be good, too, because I think the big thing is, and and like I said, even before I, 
you know, took over Asia Town or potentially will take over Asia Town if I'm reelected, I had involvement with with um, with Derek Ng, and that's when I, I met Wu. Oh, uh, yes, <laughs> you uh, felt the power of Johnny. Okay. Wu. Yes. Yes. we were talking about yes. that power uh, a few minutes ago. And, um, and so, and and and, if, and and I think I think he had it right because what what we were putting together is a marketing video for investors over in China to say, look, this is a good place for you to come and invest your money. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And so if we continue to do things like that. And like I said, the, that, that mentality and that, that approach will not change now that I've taken over Asian town, hmm. Asia town um, in January, if I'm reelected, I think it'll just enhance it because these, this is things that I've, I've been doing all along, you know, so do you think Asia Town will help grow Cleveland's economy in general? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think the one thing our city, I always say our city was was put together with about 900,000 people in mind. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we have all these abandoned houses because we're under 400,000 now. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And so we have to demo a lot of them and stabilize our community. But I think as we move forward, that's going to play a vital part in bringing back Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, that's the value of a lot of other cities. And I always say we are the great city of Cleveland, so I don't want to be like anybody else. But if you go to China, if you go to D.C., if you go to New York, it's a diverse mm-hmm. uh, population. Yeah. And I think that we need to get there here in the city of Cleveland. And I, and I think we're, we're heading in the right direction, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I only can see Asia Town is, is located. It's y'all in the right spot. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, I, you know, just like my grandma liked to come, she might visit me a little bit more now that we have a casino. Oh, right. people, that's right. right? Yeah. And so, <laughs> that's right. That's right. And so, and so when, you know, when folks come here and visit, and, and even with the, the when we have a convention center and all that other stuff, this needs to be included in the marketing that goes out because we want to attract more people yeah. here from diverse um, what about, nationalities. Um, attracting people from like the tri-state area? Because, yeah. uh, you know, uh, we have food donated by Coco Bakery, which thank you again, Coco Bakery. And I actually recently heard, I believe it was from Johnny, that people drive to Coco Bakery from Pittsburgh. They do. They also wow. uh, go coming from uh, all the way from Columbus. Oh, and I didn't know that. Last thing I remember that Jessica mm-hmm. told me was from someone from Michigan drove by because they heard of Coco Bakery. Wow. Interesting. When they come here. Wow. But and the more from, we broadcast, the more they will yeah, be I driving <laughs> to, to Coco Bakery. Yeah, and <laughs> it's also because not only the food, it's also because they're probably the only Asian uh, bakery store in the tri-state area. Yeah. And, you know, so a lot of people come here, buy a bunch of stuff, and then take it back home. Take it back home. For a whole week of eating. Yeah, I've I've eaten there a couple times. You know, I always say with Derek King, he... He is definitely connected to the community. So all mm-hmm. of our meetings have been in Asia Town. Nice. Yes. So he is giving back. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Among the committees that Council Mandel is a member of is the Mayor's Appointment Committee, which he chairs, Community and Economic Development, Vice Chair, City Planning, Public Parks, Properties and Recreation, Public Safety, Public Service, Public Utilities. Now, Council Mandel, um, could you mention some of the successful initiatives that has been um, done as as uh, a member of these committees because some of the Asians sometimes are not aware that there are these committees that does a lot of things f- mm-hmm. for them. I mean, a lot of times, and I always say with government and I talk with my folks, sometimes, you know, people have a hard time connecting the dots. They don't they don't see from one end the work that goes in for a particular ordinance or a law. And then once it's, in fact, passed, 
the effects. You might see the after effect right. of it, but right. the work that goes in beforehand. And you do. I mean, it, it's been an eye-opener for me, and I've learned a lot through the dialogue and things of that nature. But you can learn a lot through that process. And a lot of times people don't understand. Like, they just look at the final product, and they're like, well, how could they have voted for that? But a, a lot of times, there, there sometimes there are some willing and dealing that goes on, and and I try to explain to my people, you know, sometimes you got to bite the bullet on some 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 votes. You know, you may not feel that strongly about it, but you might need something else done. Like I tell them, I always talk with some of the students. I say, well, what 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 what, what decision are you going to make if if there's a particular law on the table that you don't like? And you don't want to vote for it, but you have a six point two million dollar project that the city and the mayor wants to move forward on. And this is not a real life story because our mayor is good. Yeah. I'm not saying he threatened me or anything like that. OK, let me put that out there. All right, so I just right. give them them scenarios. Right. Mm -hmm. And they really say, look, councilman, I really need you to go forward on this, you know, and, and you know, and, and, and you're in your mind. Do you vote for this and keep your project or do you not vote for it and, and might lose your project? So mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes, you know, and then you got to find out, you know, where you just can't go that far. You, you know, and, and, and so there's a lot of dialogue that goes on in the at the table. And then at the in the council meetings as well. What's so. an initiative that you're most proud of that uh, the council uh, passed that uh, you voted for? You know, the things that I've spearheaded is the development that that's taken place in Ward Seven. There is, and and, and I always like to say this: I, we can't compete with downtown. That's but right. <laughs> east side, west side. There is not another ward that has as much going on as Ward Seven. And I always say it's one thing to be a city council person in the city of Cleveland, but it's a whole nother to be a city council person in Ward 7 because where we're located. Across the United States, there's a lot of folks that's coming back wanting to develop in the inner city. And the key piece of this all is making sure that the folks in the community do not get displaced. Mm -hmm. We're all for development, but we're for development with us in it. And that's what I talk about. But the Upper Chester piece is the first the first couple phases are two hundred million dollar, and then when it's all said and done, it'll be four hundred million dollar mm. wow. um, um, phase. Nowhere on the east side or the west side do you have a development of that magnitude. Then we have League Park, the historical League Park, where the Negro Baseball League players played, where uh, Babe Ruth hit hits his five hundredth home oh, run. Yes, yes, yeah, we a lot of history. Um, Indians played there. Yeah, yeah, I think and that's we're the rehabbing old, that. Uh, yeah, I've seen uh, black yeah. and white pictures or that's writings really? of that. Uh -huh. Yes, yes, because yeah. there used to be a, a, a baseball park somewhere in the east side that where the Indians and the Negro Leagues started playing, like mm -hmm. 30s or 40s, no right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's wow. it. Yeah, and yeah. we're right there. And that's a $6.2 million project. Wow. And then we have a veterans clinic that's going up on um, East 89th and Superior. And so just like I tell my folks, they have to want and expect more. You know, you got to want and expect more. We just can't keep putting anything anywhere, whether it be liquor stores or anywhere else. We have enough of that. Mm -hmm. And so to have a development like that is, is very key. So so what kind of business development are you looking to, to help uh, or even work with Derek King on developing in Asia Town? He's he's had a number of um, a number of ideas. Mm -hmm. One of the things he even talked about doing um, like an incubator for small businesses, mm -hmm. which I thought was might be a pretty good idea. But the, the key thing, he always talked about the EB-5, which is another way, of course, bringing folks um, over to build, you know, build our community. Mm -hmm. But um, 
he's focused on that. And Richmond Brothers is such a big building, mm-hmm. and I think his his mind just runs. It seems like it runs a million miles a minute in a, a minute, and so. Um, that's that's the whole piece of it. He has a lot of ideas. He's 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 kind of brainstorming. He probably needs some help. He probably needs to reach out to you guys. <laughs> because <laughs> we haven't really got anything, and we've been meeting. I've been meeting with him probably for the last three or four years. Mm-hmm. And um, his father has come in town because his father, I believe, still stays in China. His father's come in town. Very nice guy, mm-hmm. you know. And um, they kind of gave me the spill. And when I was over in China, I get the whole thing because Derek Ng would call me um, and say, I need you to meet with these people. You know, they're, they're coming down. I need you to be. So I'm in the room. I meet with them. I meet with them. But I, I understand the whole dynamics of everything because I went over to China. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I know what the structure is and how politicians are seen over in China. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a big deal. <laughs> and so I'm sitting here like, you want me to meet with them? Like, just the councilman, right? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. You know, it's a big thing for you to be in the meeting and you to talk with them and let them know, okay, mm-hmm. we, we welcome you here. We want you to come here. We want you to invest your money. Um, and so I've sat in a lot of meetings with them and it's, it's been refreshing. It's been, you know, and, and I, I can't wait because that's really the last piece. The key thing when I was a council person is to finish off the unfinished business of Councilwoman Fannie Lewis. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so we were able to do that with the Upper Chester piece. She talked a lot about League Park, mm-hmm. okay? And she also talked about the kitchen in Thurgood Marshall, and we was able to complete that. The last piece of the puzzle is Richmond Brothers. Mm-hmm. She talked about that endless and um, so we got to get something done because she's smiling now, but we want her smile to get even bigger up in heaven. So. For those of a few listeners, we mentioned earlier that Councilman Fanny Lewis is the uh, previous council councilman. Sorry, councilwoman. Council person. Mm-hmm. Council person. Fanny Lewis was the previous uh, councilwoman of Ward Seven, and mm-hmm. she unexpectedly passed away. Mm-hmm. And now I, I remember when I wasn't a, a citizen yet, I used to see her on TV a lot, mm-hmm. and she was very energetic, very. She made an impact. I didn't know who she was at <laughs> yeah, first yeah. for years because she was on TV all the uh, time. And this, and I was thinking, well, this this woman is very uh, strong, strong-willed woman in the early um, 90s, I think. And uh, I was impressed by her. So that was her, you know, for those who are new in Asia Town or haven't been here for a while, she was previous Ward 7 Council person. And mm-hmm. do your research and find out about her. Yes. Yes. Now, is there anything that we could be expecting um, that will directly affect Asia Town in the near future? I think you always got to have your eyes open. A lot of plans are made on a daily basis, and sometimes you you like them, and sometimes you don't. Mm-hmm. But the key is to have an organization in place, which y'all, you know, you, you guys seem to have, mm-hmm. to make sure one that you're a part of that dialogue, and if something comes down the pipeline that would not be in your best interest. And I am a council person that's big on supporting my folks. Mm-hmm. So if it's some people doing some stuff and bringing <laughs> something in here. Ten times out of ten, I'm on the side with my people. You know, I don't, I don't play, I don't, good, I don't, I don't good. do any anything differently. So I think just where you guys are located, and I will have the same mentality that I have up the way in the Huff neighborhood and the St. Clair Superior neighborhood is my antennas are always up Mm -hmm. and I will not make any moves or allow anybody to make any moves within the boundaries of Ward 7 without having some dialogue with the community leaders in that particular neighborhood. And we even drill down, at least in Ward 7, to the point where if it's on a particular street, I'm saying, look, you got to have a community meeting for that street Mm -hmm. because it's going to be most they're going to be most effective. You know, Ward 7 as a whole has a voice, but more important, the folks that 
that whatever it is that's coming there, um, those folks that live right around that area even have more of a voice. So, I mean, that's the mentality. But I would say nothing, nothing that I know of as of yet. But you always got to keep your antennas up. To our list, to our listeners who uh, live in the Ward Seven area, as you just heard, you have a voice. So we encourage you to attend these meetings because there are some Asians who just attend that one. Where are these meetings normally held? Well, one of the thing, well, my, the meetings that I have, community driven in the sense of of location. Mm-hmm. Like I have right now, I have a meeting that that meets over in the Huff neighborhood mm-hmm. every Tuesday at the Fatima Family Center. And then I have a St. Clair Superior meeting that meets every like third Thursday of the mm-hmm. month at um, Goodrich Gannett. But I'm a big meeting person. That's and right, I, I right. see the value of me coming into the neighborhood and having mm-hmm. a meeting. So I would not I mean, if, if you're always welcome to all the meetings. But, you know, I if I'm if I'm elected, reelected, I would 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 love to come into Asia Town and have a meeting. Sure. And, and invite folks out. You have been here before. I so have once been here again, before. We'd That's like right. to see more of you. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I'm a big, I'm a, me as a council person, I'm a big meeting person. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I like to come out to that neighborhood because it, it doesn't make any sense for me to have a meeting and have it in Huff to talk about Asia Town and you get That's two right. or three Asians there. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Right? That's true. When, yes. I, when I can come down to Asia Town. Mm-hmm. which is yes. my ward, which I represent and have a meeting because I am the council person. Mm-hmm. They can vote for me or they, they you know, if they want to or, or not, but I'm, I, I'm responsible for, for making sure that I make myself available and to come out for them. Yes. So I'd go above and beyond, you know, and some people see it as, um, I don't necessarily see it as a way where I'm, I'm, um, you know, not collectively represent the entire ward mm-hmm. or why are you having different meetings for different people. But it's not, to me, that's not that way because my, my correspondences goes out throughout the entire ward. So if I have a meeting over in Asia town to talk about ward seven, if you live in Huff, you're more than welcome to come down. Mm-hmm. If you live in St. Clair superior, you're more than welcome to come down. Mm-hmm. And if I have a meeting up in Huff, if you live in Asia town, you're more than welcome to come out there. I'm just trying to be more accommodating to get more folks in the room so we can have a real discussion about their neighborhood and what they would like to see in it. So again, listeners, we encourage you to attend and participate in this political process, I can say. Mm-hmm. And uh, let your voice be heard because it does make a difference. Because in we, some Asian countries, you, you're not heard. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's very true. And also, uh, since this could be aired on... Uh, prior to the, the the special forum that we're gonna we have gonna be held before all the candidates or the Ward Seven, um, it could be on November first at Asian Town Center at seven at six o'clock. We encourage anybody who is living in Ward Seven to come and listen to each candidate talk about what they can do for the community, Asian Town community as, as a whole. And please spread the word November first at Asia Town Center ATC at 6 p.m.? Yes, and that's located in 38, East 38 and East 38. And, and uh, be there. We encourage you to bring your friends or notify your friends who live in the Ward 7 area to participate and hear about your candidates and your incumbent uh, councilman. <laughs> yes. There will be seats. <laughs> and supermarket and there will be food in the second floor Definitely or enjoy the food. art gallery at uh, yeah. bl- Black and White Black uh, and White Cafe. Black I, and White I, Cafe. I, so we have one more impor- important question to ask Very important. Very, Very important question. <laughs> yeah, this is... And we warned him about this. Alex, would you like to ask it? Uh, sure. Councilman Dow, what is your favorite Asian food? You know, I, I grew up on eating. And even though, like I said, I've, I've, I've been to China and, and the food was much different than what it is here. You mm-hmm. know, so, you know, so it's, it's American Chinese food here. But I always, I'm very simple. I like um, shrimp fried rice. Oh. But when I went to China, 
I, you know, I started eating the dumplings. Mm-hmm. What kind Very of dumplings? Good. Yeah, you know, which kind? They had, <laughs> you know, when we went to the restaurant, they had so many different types to eat. And then the the our um is it the mystery meat guide, dumpling or you know exactly? Well, <laughs> mystery meat. I'm just telling you what they told me was in it. I don't know. <laughs> At least they told me it was chicken. You know, or <laughs> <What> tastes like. <laughs> Everything tastes like chicken. Yeah, that's, right. chicken. That's, right. that's right. That is not true. <laughs> you couldn't see Johnny earlier, but he was pointing yeah, but at himself. Jen, oh, he's he's like offering to make guy. you dumplings. Yeah, he's Man. a dumpling Jen, guy. Johnny can see anything. He was born here in the U.S. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. But uh, I know how to do... I, I, I've been doing dumplings, or uh, steamed dumplings, uh, Actually, not steamed. They're actually water dumplings, boiled dumplings. Good. Those are more healthy. Yeah. Uh, like yes. every, every three, four years... One time, you know. So, What's the grease in that? And, and a lot of people likes my dumpling because they taste really good. Oh, I need, I need some of the dumplings then. <laughs> Johnny's you dumplings. Know, <laughs> you know, our tour guide, our tour guide told us, and he he talked about the dumplings so much. He said that when he was growing up, um, th- th- you know, they didn't have all of the freedoms they have than they have today yes. in China. And he said that they would only get dumplings every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And he says now. They get to eat dumplings all the time, all so they they're want. very happy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, you know, a lot of the folks are, you know, I was in the the city where the Olympics was, and they Beijing. still get, Beijing, and they still have all the stuff up there, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was a lot of Asians out there going to the sites like the Olympics was still going on. I mean, uh-huh. uh, they flooded. He said, but everybody was just so. They, he said they look happy because they're happy because they're out and eating they're free, dumplings every day, eating dumplings every day. <laughs> And that's what they said. And it was well, such a yeah. There is a reason for dumplings. Dumpling means money. Mm-hmm. Oh. Because the shape of the dumpling is the co- the, the, the gold. money nugget. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Okay. Well, if you use your imagination a little bit, <laughs> they don't look so, exactly like it. So. Out, out, out of curiosity, uh, Councilman, how many dumplings can you eat? <laughs> nah, you, you well, set well, me up. You're, you're, set, you're setting me up. I am not going to be in no dumplings eating contest for your for the Asia uh, festival. <laughs> I can't. I he can't be on. no content. Well, we just see, mentioned. See? We just mentioned in the first half hour that Asians, if you do a good job, you'll be fed for a long time. So Whoa. I will say it again to you: if you get reelected and you're fifty pounds heavier after six months, yeah, it means you're doing a good job. job. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man! You'll have to yeah. get a new gym membership. Yeah. But you, you know, the one thing that I can say about going to China, I, th- that's the first time I felt like a star. Really? Yes. Everybody wanted to take a picture with me. (laughs) They figure I must be important or something, you know. Did you look like any actor? You know what? I don't know. They thought they may have thought it was. Yeah, Will Smith. Smith. So I just kept taking taking pictures with everyone. You know, (laughs) they wanted to take pictures with me. So that was a good thing. That is. Yeah. So how long were you in China for? For a week. Wow. And we hit like four different cities. What cities are this? If you don't mind. um, I know Beijing, Hong Kong. Um, I just remember some of the sites because I went to the the, 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 the Great Wall, mm-hmm. which was amazing. Where's yes. that, Yen? What province? Seriously? Beijing. Oh, is it? Oh. Well, right outside of Beijing. Okay, but That's where Beijing. you have to go. Yeah. To the, yeah. Amazing. And the story behind it was amazing. You know, and the tour guide kind of gave us a little bit but didn't really go into much. Yeah. Because I said, you, you know, I was telling you, y'all folks must have been amazing because I don't know, that that Great Wall is yeah. phenomenal. And, and they told me, you know, who built it and how it was mm-hmm. kind of structured. But w- what was most amazing was Terracotta Warriors. Oh, yeah. Xi'an. Yeah. Yeah. Man, how, I, I do <laughs> not. 
have, I don't know if you've seen that sculpture, but I don't mm-hmm. know how people made them at that time. And each one of them had different faces. Mm-hmm. And the horses and the detail. I don't know how I don't know how you make something like that in that time. When it I was blows a, my mind. It was just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. When I was a kid, um, my parents always tell me that they actually put a person in there. I heard that too. And they just mold the the, the mold on top of the person. Yeah. And let the person rot and die inside. What? Yeah. Have they opened any of them yet? No. Well. Some of them are cracked. They didn't, really? I don't think it had no it's empty. people. It's in empty. It. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's but, empty. You know, the, the story behind it is amazing. I don't know if y'all, you know, you, you probably know the story, but they, the emperor at the time. The first emperor. Yes. He, he wanted. Shiwangti. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and, and he, and I, I found out about this, you know, and, and he wanted to, to protect his tomb. So they started putting his, I guess his, the, the, his protectors or the, of the tomb and they buried them down in the ground. And then the, um, I guess, I don't know if they call them the farmers or the, you yes, know, the folks yes. the pe- that was doing it. They, they went down there, got the weapons from the, the statutes and overthrew the king. Oh, that's why. And then they said, that's why some of them were broke up. That's how they got the weapons to overthrow, you know, but there's, know yeah, but um, from uh, national geography, uh, but history channel, I saw this uh, movie called China. <laughs> but it's a documentary oh, really? and they say that the first emperor's tomb is still that's unopened a, that's a and yes. uh, they it's still, still unopened they couldn't find it there's yeah. mercury booby traps there's mercury so. booby trap and they have a feeling that it's booby trapped wow it's severely booby trapped yeah. they, wow. they've x-ray or not x-ray but I don't know but they had like some form of scanner to know that they were like sharp objects yeah and really and they, they have, don't know where the triggers are there's rumors that um, it's in like a pyramid structure in, in China and the mm-hmm. reason for the mercury is I, according to legend and inside the tomb is like instead of water representing lakes, they have the mercury representing lakes and water sceneries. That's why they say it's mm. like a, a, a very beautiful inside. Mm. Wow! And you know, I, I tell you a funny story. When I when I went to China, they lost my bags, oh. and so they came late. So oh. for the first couple of days. I didn't have any clothes. <laughs> so I'm going in the shop trying to find clothes. <laughs> Good luck. And, yeah. and I'm seeing extra, extra large on the yeah. tag. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's not fitting. Extra me. large. <laughs> it's not fitting. Yeah. Me. And so I couldn't find not no no shoes. Or, I'm wearing sandals until my, my clothes came in. I had to keep washing my clothes every night until my clothes came in. But the, the sizes was much different. Mm-hmm. I could not find anything. That's true. That's true with Asian countries. Um, One thing I did want to clarify, Alex, I'm sorry. Uh, Beijing is one of the stops you go to to go visit the Great Wall, but you can actually get there from multiple cities. But the main stop is in Beijing because uh, they actually had to rebuild a portion of it. There's photos of it where it's kind of faded away into the land. so. So I can go there from Mongolia, right? Uh, I don't think there's any airports <laughs> no. over there. <laughs> by a yak. Yeah, by a yak. <laughs> Actually, they ride horses, but. <laughs> but anyway, I want to thank you very much for your time today. No problem. Thank, thank you very you. much. Thank you. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Yeah. And uh, listeners, we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.